I'm so glad to be with you this Holy Week talking about John 5. So grab a Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to read it together. And then I can't wait to share my takeaway with you. And I would love to hear your takeaways. More on that in just a moment. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love, your presence here with us. I thank you, God, that you desire relationship with us, that you desire to give us good gifts, to heal us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Thank you for your word that reveals your heart to us. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to illuminate your word for us. Open our eyes and ears, our minds and hearts to receive uh, the specific word, God, the particular grace that you want to give us today in John 5. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, grab your Bible. Uh, as usual, we are going to read the gospel together first. Good to go? Great. Praise the Lord. Uh, so John chapter 5. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethsatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, stand up, take your mat and walk. At once the man was made well and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been cured, it is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, the man who made me well said to me, take up your mat and walk. They asked him, who's the man who said to you, take it up and walk? Uh, now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him and said to him, see, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews started persecuting Jesus because he was doing such things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is still working and I also am working. For this reason, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, thereby making himself equal to God. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. The father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And he will show him greater works than these 
so that you will be astonished. Indeed, just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whomsoever he wishes. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be astonished at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek to do not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I testify about myself. My, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies on my behalf, and I know that his testimony to me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. Not that I accept such human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father has given me to complete, the very works that I am doing, testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified on my behalf. You've never heard his voice or seen his form, and you do not have his word abiding in you because you do not believe in him who he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I've come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. If another comes in my name, in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? Amen. Friends, I would love to hear your chapter five takeaway. Uh, drop it in the comments wherever you're watching Teachable Tuesday and know that we love uh, to discover God's heart in his word right alongside you and conform our lives to his. That's the whole goal of Teachable Tuesday. So thank you for walking with us through the Gospel of John every single week for the next few months. So leave your comment below. I'll be in there reading those. But for me, 
I got to be honest, there was only one place I could land this week. I can't wait to share my takeaway with you, but let me start at the beginning. This weekend, I made one of my monthly desert days, which is my spiritual practice for 2022. And I went out uh, to the monastery and had this beautiful day before uh, Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. I had some silence. I literally left the world, you know, the city and went out into the desert to be with Jesus. It was very beautiful. It was so good in a way to be home uh, there in the church where I've made a five day and where I go every month. But something funny happened in the afternoon. The Lord brought some things up, some scriptures, some memories, an image really. And I just, I wasn't really having it. I don't know if you've ever had that experience in prayer, but it was very painful. I I didn't really trust my own prayer. I was kind of afraid I was misunderstanding or not hearing God. I didn't really want to deal with that. And so I just felt interiorly myself kind of pulling away from the Lord, putting up some defenses, some guards. And I left the day uh, feeling very frustrated, feeling kind of unfinished and really afraid that I had missed an opportunity for grace. And just wonder, have you ever felt that way in prayer, in life? right? You're doing all of the right things and it just doesn't go your way. You're doing all of the right things and there's still no answer. You're doing all of the right things, but you're not seeing your life or your character, your personality change. So often I'm looking for a formula. How about you? (laughs) I just want to follow the steps, uh, you know, put it all in the wash and come out a different person. Uh, I, I, I want to know how to get what I want. How can I get what I, what I need? How do I, what do I need to do to get what I need, to get my desired outcome? How do I become holier? What's the formula, right? How do I be single and joyful and holy? How do I be a mom and love my children and have faithful a faithful Catholic family? How, how do I have a Catholic marriage? How do I live in the midst of suffering? How do I live after tragedy and loss? We want a formula, or at least I do. The problem is faith isn't a formula. Jesus is a person and prayer isn't magic. I think we all know that, but I wonder if sometimes, maybe even unconsciously, we We kind of believe or hope that if we just do these certain things in this certain order, we pray that novena, uh, we get rid of this sin or or manage it. If we do the right things, then we'll get what we want or what we need. But prayer isn't magic. Prayer is a relationship with a living person, Jesus Christ. And that's good news. That's good news. So back to today's gospel, John chapter five, I want to zoom in, probably no surprises here, on the man laying by the pool, because this man had a formula, right? He was following a formula without much success. He'd been laying by the pool for 38 years, suffering for 38 years. That really stops my heart, especially as a 39-year-old. I spent a lot of time thinking about that man who had suffered and and laid paralyzed for 38 years. It's interesting to note here that something bigger 
is going on. Something deeper is happening with that number 38. Why 38? Well, if we go back to the Old Testament, we discover that the people of Israel were wandering in the desert from Kadesh to uh, really the outskirts, the boundary line of Canaan for 38 years. 38 years were all of the years that they were lost and wandering, trying to follow God, but not quite making it happen, right? But the Lord was with them. Amen. So 38 years, he's been struggling. And, and maybe for you, it's been 38 years. Exactly. Maybe it's been longer. Maybe it feels like it's been 38 years. But I want you today, too, to have the hope that something deeper is going on. Something bigger is at play when Jesus encounters this man laying by the pool. And, you know, for many years, I've been frustrated with this guy in John 5. Here's Jesus, the Messiah, right? We know who he is. We know uh, that he has the power to heal this man uh, so that he could walk. But he doesn't ask Jesus for that. And Jesus, Jesus knows that it's not only this physical healing that he needs, but a deeper spiritual healing, a heart healing. So when Jesus asks, do you want to be made well, what does the man do? Well, he tells him the formula, right? He says what he's been doing. But what we hear in that response, this is verse 7, we hear all of the bitterness, all of the frustration, all of the disappointment, all of his effort that, you know, has left him empty-handed. Verse 7, he says, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Gosh, it just makes me emotional to read that verse because I, I feel, I hear, I sense his suffering. And I remember even my own suffering that I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to follow the formula. And, and here I am still with uh, no hope really, but I'm gonna cling to the formula, right? But what I wanna, I, I wanna zoom in on here is, is not this, this response exactly, uh, not the way he said it or, or what he revealed, certainly not the excuses that he's making. So often we can be judgmental of people in scripture rather than relate to people in scripture. But what I want to say about the man laying by the pool is what he did right. He did something on such a, a baseline level of rightness that he won the heart of Jesus. And that is he told the truth. He told the truth. He talked to Jesus. He told him everything that he felt, everything that he had done, everything that he hoped for, all of his bitterness, all of his discouragement, all of his disappointment. He poured out his heart. He related his heart. And that's what he did right. Jesus responded to that honesty. Jesus cannot help but respond to that honest relating of our hearts to his. He simply talked to Jesus. He told him everything. He was honest. And that, my friends, that is the formula. <laughs> if you ever were looking for a formula, look no further than verse 7. The answer to, to, to intimacy, 
to what we truly desire, which is to be seen, known, and loved by Jesus Christ. That, that's what's happening beneath everything we're longing for and looking for in prayer is that we're looking for the heart of God. And that's how we get it. We relate our own hearts, all of the ugliness, all of the things you're not supposed to say, right? I've been doing everything right. I've prayed 75 novenas. That person only prayed one and they got what they wanted. You know, say all of that. Then all of your anger, all of your disappointment, tell him everything, every detail, what happened, who was there, what they said, how you felt, what you remember, what you perceive. Just talk to Jesus. Just talk to him. Tell him everything. Honestly, don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to wrap it up in holy language, right? We kind of cringe reading this man like, come on, dude. This is Jesus. Like, you could at least ask nicely. But no, he, he's modeling for us honest prayer. He's revealing to us the new pattern. And the new pattern is a person, Jesus Christ. He's not going to do it the same way for every person. He's not going to do it the same way for you that he's done it for anyone else. We see that in the Gospels. It's often hidden. We can't seem to, to find a a way or a path. Well, that's because Jesus is the way. The path is a person. He's going to do it for you personally, particularly, peculiarly for you because it happens in relationship, in intimate relationship. The new pattern is a person. The old ways that aren't working anymore, sayonara, because now we have the new pattern, Jesus Christ, the pattern is a person. With you, he breaks the mold. In conversation, he, he opens up the way where we thought there was no way. When we thought the way was a certain way, he course corrects and leads us on the way. And he is the way. So if you've been disappointed or frustrated or suffering for 38 years, however long your 38 years is, I want you to receive the hope, not, not only of the healing, not of the desired outcome, but the, the hope of being heard, the hope of being seen, the hope of being loved and received in that moment, the hope of relationship with the God of the universe, with your Savior, with Jesus Christ. So this week, this holy week and these holiest of days, I just want to invite you to talk to him. Talk to Jesus as you walk with him along the way, as he carries his cross, as you, you pray and walk the stations of the cross, as you walk from uh, the Last Supper to his crucifixion, to the tomb where he was laid, to talk to him to tell him everything. I want to remove from you what you think you should do this Holy Week, how you think you're supposed to pray, what a, a good Catholic Holy Week looks like. It looks like giving him your heart. So give Jesus your heart by talking to him. You know, I, I left my, my desert day frustrated and afraid, feeling like things were unfinished. And the next morning when I, I went into a holy hour, I felt the Lord straining toward me, ju just waiting to speak to me. And I, I had, if I look back, I had sensed the Lord 
on the periphery pressing in, but my ears were stopped up to hear him. I, I was too guarded. I was, I was hurting too much. And when I finally gave in, I finally sat down and told him everything, how frustrated I was, how I, I felt like I'd ruined everything. I feared I'd ruined everything, how I felt like my day was unfinished, like the graces were unfinished. The Lord simply looked at me and loved me. He reminded me that he's faithful, that graces are unfolding, that I don't have to get it right. I, I don't have to earn it or deserve it, but that he's always waiting, always listening, always looking at me with love. And friend, he's looking at you, listening to you and waiting for you too. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that this is true, that this is who you are, that you wait and you watch and you listen, you look with love upon us. But Jesus, we have so many guardrails, so many defenses. So would you grant us the grace to believe this word, that, that you desire intimate relationship with us, that you desire to hear our hearts, that you desire not only physical healing, Lord, but deep, deep emotional, mental, spiritual healing, the healing that makes a way for us to be united with you forever in heaven. Grant us the grace, Lord, to believe this. Grant us the grace this week, if, if we've been away from the sacrament of confession, to receive reconciliation with you, to go and relate our hearts, to unburden our hearts this week so that no sin, no obstacle would be in the way of our receiving your love because your love is all that we're looking for. So I ask Jesus in a special way to pour out your love upon these women into these women. Renew us in your love this holy week. Thank you for your love. We love you too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Remember two things. Leave your takeaway in the comments below, and we're reading John 6 for next week. Every single day, soaking in the word, reading John 6 up until next Tuesday. See you then. God bless you.